0: This
1: is hashtag Authentic, a podcast for entrepreneurs and creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker, and this is episode 62. Hey, everybody! So, my guest this week has got her shit seriously together, as well as a hugely popular blog, over 400,000 YouTube subscribers and Instagram followers, a brand new book that is taking the bestsellers chart by storm. As well as all of that, she's also the only person I know who actually uses a bullet journal to stay organised. I was really curious about how her super organised approach to life and the internet has helped her to build her online brand and what we could all learn from her to make our own lives maybe just a little bit less chaotic. Hi Anna, welcome to Hashtag Authentic.
0: Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing?
1: I am good. We are both on the brink of publishing our books, aren't we?
0: I know. I know. I cannot believe it. It's one month for you, right?
1: Yes. And you are one day. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) We're like eight hours away from it being official.
1: So I feel very privileged to have your time today. Um, Thank you. And hopefully we can take your mind off the terror. Is there terror or are you just pure excitement?
0: No, there is. I, I can imagine it's like when you've got a baby and you just don't want to hear anything you don't want anyone to say like oh he hasn't got that much hair do you know what I mean <laughs> that's what I picture and um, someone wrote a review on Instagram bless them and they were like it was a little bit rambling in places I was like oh no. <laughs> it's a knife to the heart yeah but that's that's the thing though it's not a, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea so yeah it's definitely going to be a learning curve I I'm actually really really excited it
1: is super exciting and, and- like I think it's really human to have those those fears and to take those criticisms ridiculously seriously when of course we shouldn't but yeah
0: the rest of the review was so nice yes. I wrote, I was like thank you so much this is so lovely it's just it's going to be a learning curve I've never spent so long on a project and so you know if someone writes something on an Instagram photo it's like it's taking me 10 minutes you know but yeah. something you spent a year of your life on yeah it's, it's going to be intense something something a bit different for sure
1: I found I've had a real block. I don't know if this was the same for you because it wasn't online and I knew I couldn't like respond to it or edit it or like once it's in someone's hands and in their home, that's it and it lives on its own as like a finished entity, which isn't the same for like a blog post or an Instagram caption. You can always...
0: Oh, I was so there. There was like the day before it was due to go off, finally go off. Everyone had looked at it you know it was it was ready to go tomorrow being signed off is going to print I sat and I read the whole thing in eight hours I just couldn't bear the thought that it was going to be the final time that I was going to be able to change my mind on anything or or can we just put this take this bit out can we just add this bit in I couldn't bear it yeah I've never done anything like that before so yeah the day the day before official sign-off was was a day for sure <laughs>
1: because by the time people are listening to this it's going to be out in the world so um if everyone could just go and leave anna a very kind review on amazon that would be lovely <laughs> even if you
0: think it's rambly that would that would mean the world
1: Thank you. <laughs> leave out leave out any references to rambliness i'm sure yes. it's not um because yeah I, actually it is like super vulnerable i don't know if i'm going to read any of my amazon reviews are you going to check
0: don't I don't know I'm not sure I I, I feel like I'll I'll make that decision tomorrow Um, I'm not not 100% sure it's such a strange place on Amazon I guess but a lot of them will be verified reviews and and it's great feedback actually yeah it's actually like this at the end of the day we we both know that that's part of the parcel of doing something like this you know you are going to get interesting criticisms and reviews and I feel like you you sort of have to be able to take that so I think I'll I'll look it'll be good to get feedback both negative and positive who knows maybe if there's ever a book two you know it's good to take those types of things on board so I I feel like I will take a look.
1: I think it's going to be glowing anyway Um, and yeah (laughs) I have only really recently realized that how many like uh, individual entries of feedback you have makes a difference to like how you rank on Amazon so I've gone through in the last month I've like left reviews on all of my favourite author's books because I was like, oh, I've not been supporting people in a way I could have been.
0: Oh, that's so good. And I was going to say on Amazon, it's so interesting. If you go to buy my book or your book, uh, the other book comes up yeah they're around, like friends I like that it's <laughs> really nice like people have also bought hashtag authentic and I'm like oh that's so
1: lovely I do I do like whenever you, I see um my friend Laura Thomas her book's out at the moment as well and that comes up as a suggestion and I'm like oh it's like they're all set together it makes me feel a little bit less vulnerable which is ridiculous but they're
0: top friends on Bebo
1: they're top friends that's <laughs> we're showing our social media age (laughs) so speaking of actually take us back to the beginning of your social media adventure
0: oh wow so i i actually first had a blog like more than 10 years ago it must have been about 12 years ago and it was called lil miss makeup these are the days of like lil wayne lollipop being such a huge banger um i had (laughs) literally one makeup bag of makeup, um like one little bag. I think I must have taken photos on my flip phone. I don't think I had a camera at the time. It didn't last very long, but beauty blogging was very much at the beginning stages. There was just a handful across the world of people doing it. I was a really big reader at the time. I I, I dabbled with this little miss makeup thing, but it didn't really ever amount to anything. Then when I was at uni, I went to study psychology at the University of Nottingham. I'm going there on book tour next week, and I Uh... can't Nottingham. I just I I really romanticised the city. It's where I met my husband. I had some great years there. So I was a student living in student accommodation, and my sister had bought me a camera for my birthday. So I'd graduated on from the flip phone, and these days when you know you went on a uni night out and you just took seventy photos on your camera and uploaded them all the next morning. So I put them to better use. I was watching YouTube videos, I was reading blogs, and I have no idea what made me think that, you know, I should start a blog. But I just did. One day I was procrastinating from my degree, probably should have been revising. And I think it was March 2010, I started my blog, Vivian Does Makeup. And I mean, it was very, it was just a hobby at uni. Occasionally, I'd meet a drunk girl in the club, and I'd be pretty drunk too. And she'd be like, I follow your blog. And that just completely blew my mind. (laughs) It wasn't just me and my mum reading it. Um, It sort of grew. I graduated. I decided I wanted to work in beauty, in like the beauty PR world. I'd sort of had a couple of PRs message me and I was like, oh, I didn't realise that was a job. That sounds really cool. So I graduated and I went into that sort of world all the time whilst keeping my blog, my YouTube running. And then... It just got to the point, it was it was kind of turning into something without me even realizing. I was posting ten blog posts a week and videos a week at one And working. Yeah, yeah. I had a full time job. I was meeting from Brighton every day, um, up to London. And yeah, when I think of that time, I'm like, wow, I I must have been so motivated and driven and there was obviously something inside of me that was like, I think I think I'm onto something here, but I have to dedicate all my spare time. Um, I eventually got a part-time job and sort of did the blog part-time, did um, did my job part-time, and then it got to the point where they were like, mm, "You're kind of going to have to work here full-time or not at all." And that was now about five years ago, five years ago, six years ago. And yeah, I just was like, "Okay, right. I think let's let's give this a go." I just moved to London in this postage-sized, you know, like tiny, tiny, tiny flat. Really expensive, terrible time to leave your job with a steady income, um but I sort of have never really looked back and it now it's obviously changed it's called the Anna edit I changed that I think three years ago now, two years ago um to be more more sort of lifestyle, which is more what I'm into. I no longer queue you know on the first Thursday of every month for the latest Mac release, which is what I used mm. to do back in the day um so yeah, now it's more a mix of interiors and food and fitness and style mm. and beauty. Um, books and all kinds of things and I guess I kind of started going into the organization realms a couple of years ago I've always been a very tidy person and that sort of opened up this whole new world to me with the book so god that was a long answer to your question I do apologize
1: that was an amazing answer and and there's so many things I want to I want to dive into from that because what you're describing is like it's just evolved with you And what I think is really wonderful about your brand is your audience has evolved with you as well and kind of come along with you on the journey. Do you have
0: any secrets for that? Like, how do you feel like you... That's really interesting you say that. And I I really feel that actually with my viewership, and my readership, I really feel like we're all kind of the same crew. Um, I mean, that's not to say I haven't got over 65s watching my videos. I have. And I always have people come up and say, I'm your oldest fan. And I'm like, My grandma's like 80, you know, (laughs) it's cool. Don't worry about it. But I think I've always been, I've always been lucky that I guess I've always had the chance to just write about what I'm into at that moment. And whether that be having a small wedding day, saving up for my honeymoon, like all these sort of life milestones that people go through. I've just always had an opportunity I guess because I've always just been writing my own blog I haven't really ever written for anyone else any big publications I've just been able to have that freedom to write about whatever I want talk about whatever I want make videos about whatever I want and I guess my audience have just received that really well I feel so lucky they're such a lovely bunch and yeah I don't I, I haven't really got any secrets for that I, I need your book I need your book <laughs>
1: <laughs> from the outside I'll tell you what it looks like I think, so people get really stuck on like niching and they think that they have to have a niche. So like in your case, it would be like someone going, I think I just have to do organization and nothing else because that's my niche. But what your actual like niche or your brand is, is you. And like you cause so much of your personality is in everything you do. The way you talk about whatever it is, whether it is weddings or organization or capsule wardrobes, it's all done in your style. So it's still going to be relevant and interesting to people who like you.
0: that's really kind of you to say but that that makes me so happy I'm a real gut person kind of kind of gal and so I really just go with my gut with things I try not to overthink I try not to think oh my god are people gonna like this people gonna respond to it like try it like you said it's online it's all very editable it's all removable if you so wish I think like you said people get very stuck on oh you've got a niche you can't break out the box oh I've got to have you know what's my USP like What's the format that I do differently? And you're right. Everyone is completely different. And if you're just listening to your gut, going with your gut, writing about what you are interested in, people are going to respond to that really well.
1: And kind of on a similar note, actually, like you've got all these different platforms, obviously. So it started with the blog and then it's become YouTube. You've got your podcast as well. Um, Now a book. Like, have you got a favorite platform? Is there a favorite place or does it change?
0: Oh, I love that question. I I always will have a special place in my heart for my blog because it is the thing that I had first. It's like the OG. And your blog is ultimately what you own. I own blog. Um no one can ever take away that blog for me. Like I've i built it, you know, on a on a server and all that kind of stuff. It's not content on there is not owned by anybody else. So I really like that and I like to make that central hub of everything and you know make worksheets that people can download and my blog posts are on there and my instagrams are on there and my videos are on there it's all on there but i really go through seasons with everything else so sometimes i'm like instagram is where it's at guys i'm loving instagram i'm posting every day i'm doing an instagram tv even though nobody really watches those. (laughs) i have those moments i'm actually really in a youtube moment I, I don't know what's going on like sometimes you're really in the mood to film a video and other times you are not other times it can be quite painful to have to be paid I mean that's really dramatic but sometimes you really it's, it's an energy zapper you just have to be in the mood for it and right now I'm I'm really in the mood for it so I'm kind of riding it trying to pre-record some videos get more content out and um, I'm, I'm like I said I'm really lucky to have a, a wonderful readership and viewership and I feel like I feed off of them and if they're really into something, it makes them want to do it a little bit more and provide some more content on that platform. But yeah, right now I'm, I'm having a YouTube moment, I have to say.
1: I love that you just give yourself permission to follow that because, again, I think we can get really stuck on like I have to post X amount of Instagram posts a week and I have to do X amount of videos. And it, it can get really like it, it can be such a drain on our enthusiasm.
0: Massively. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm terribly anal with this and have been like since. You're very organized. So I'm like, I post on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 9am on my blog. I, I feel like for me, I have to have those content published times. I just do it three times a week on my blog, um, two times a week now with YouTube. Um, but that's more because I have to treat it like uh, I'm putting in inverted comments, it, inverted comments here, a job, um, because otherwise I, I need a bit of structure to things or else I would just sit watching Phil and Holly on this morning, you know, all morning. So I've always kind of treated it in that, taking it taking it quite seriously, I think, because I, I do enjoy that structure and I need that. And um, But yeah, you're right. Sometimes I, I don't want to post on Instagram. There's nothing to post. So you might as well do like the whole quality over quantity thing instead of rushing things out.
1: So in terms of YouTube, like my biggest barrier to making videos on YouTube, and I hear this so much from so many other people, I'm sure you do too, is talking to camera is really hard yeah you are so natural at it did you were you always natural was that a skill you had to practice
0: no I I like sweat an absolute ton even when I'm recording now Um, I I, No, seriously I recorded an IGTV before this and I was like I think I need to go for a shower now (laughs) like it is it's a really tricky thing people always say this to me like you said it's If my dad once had to do it as part of something he was doing at work and he was like, wow, like I did not realize how tricky that is. I think it gets easier. And I always say to people, just record yourself. You don't even need to put it online Um, just, you know, just sit there 30 minutes, pretend that you're recording a video, play around with editing Give yourself a, an opportunity to practice a bit because sometimes it's always better. Actually, no, it's always better the second time round. Sometimes I sit there and I'll fluff up a line or I'll, I'll fluff up something I'm trying to say and say a product name wrong and have to start from scratch. And whenever I do, it's always better. Like practice makes not, not perfection in in my eyes, not with me, um, but it definitely Is always better the second time round, but yeah, it's it's really nerve wracking. It's really really tricky. I wish I didn't sweat and get so (laughs) nervous, even though we're like now nine years down the line with it all. But yeah, I still find I still find it kind of nerve wracking. I really do. That's really
1: good to hear. I actually wonder if maybe everybody does to some degree, and I think it's extra hard probably as women because we you're so conscious all the time of kind of how you look and how you present yourself it's just an extra layer to to think about
0: oh yeah you you know what people are going to comment before you even put the video live <sighs> when you've been doing this for long enough you're like oh, i just know that someone's going to say like oh your hair's out of place <laughs> or all oh, that eyeshadow wasn't blended on your right eye like it's it's all those things you you really do you're right you're in your head you're kind of analyzing you're almost like watching yourself do it as as Mm. your it's a really strange sensation yeah I would be interested to know if anyone is truly relaxed 100% on camera there must be people like you know maybe tv presenters who do live tv but I feel like there's always in a bit there's always a bit of adrenaline involved
1: if anyone's listening who is 100% natural on camera please will you tweet us because we want to to study you (laughs) to know about you (laughs) (laughs) um my brain pinged somewhere then I was going to go. It's interesting, you kind of, you mentioned the comments and I know that, again, that's another fear. People seem to fear YouTube comments more than they fear sort of Instagram comments, for example. Um, I don't know why that is. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I think they're kind of equally supportive communities. Um, But it's interesting to me that you, you kind of, you're used to that kind of feedback on YouTube, but when it came to that review to your book, that felt, different and less comfortable to you
0: yeah I think it's because I mean YouTube I've done it for nine years now so I have had it all like I've had every single critique of me that ever could possibly be made in need of me so I feel like I mean people say oh you must have such a thick skin and yeah you you do but it also like you remember the bad ones like I still remember my first hate comment back in like 2010 like it's just it's human nature you know it's always gonna hurt a little bit. But yeah, I think it's so it's just going to be different with the book because, yeah, I guess I haven't heard all the critiques from all the different angles yet. I'm sure, you know, six months down the line I would have and I'll feel completely differently. But yeah, it's that it's the unknown, I guess, with a YouTube video. I've sort of been there. I've done that. I just know I can almost predict what people are going to say. But yeah, maybe with the book, I, I guess I kind of can't. It's sort of that starting from scratch. It feels really new. It feels really green. And yeah, it's that whole, I spent 18 months of my life dedicated to this, whereas you yeah. two days. So yeah, it's I, I'm actually so excited to hear all different kinds of feedback on it. Like, it, I kind of want to know, like, how could I make it better? Nothing is perfect, even if you have spent 18 months doing it. So I think it will be really interesting to get that feedback.
1: So tell us all about the book. I can't wait any longer. You have to tell me everything. <laughs>
0: Okay so the book is called An Edited Life and yet like you said by the time people listen to this it will be out hopefully people are enjoying it and I'm I'm a pretty organized person like I'm the mate that you call when you're like oh my god like I've just got so much crap in my wardrobe like can you help me out like I genuinely go around my friends houses <laughs> to help them with their wardrobes and their kitchen covers and whatever that you're
1: the dream
0: I mean, I'm like just your friendly neighborhood organization. Mary
1: Kondo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I wish. Um, so I've always been interested in that and I've I've read so many books on this subject, and I hadn't ever read a book that combined everything to do with organization across the life, your life, work, and home. I mean i have read, you know, Mary Kondo is the big famous one, and, and that's just really about decluttering possessions. I'd read one by Anushka Rees that was all about capture wardrobe, but I hadn't ever read a book that combined all of these things, you know, from bullet journaling and your calendar and your social life, and then your workspace and to do lists and productivity, and then also household routines and decluttering and wardrobe streamlining, all of those kinds of things. And this book, I really just wanted it to be like a one stop shop. Across the board, covering all of these different things, because that's ultimately it's it's all of the advice that I give to my friends and family and my re- and my um readers online. Anyway, I just wanted it all to be in one place, and I feel like a lot of these books can have quite a lot of rules in them mm. and be very. You need to do these ten steps, and your life will be automatically better. And it's just not really like that. I didn't want people to feel overwhelmed by this at all. And I didn't want them to feel like a complete failure if they didn't incorporate one single tip from the whole book. I mean, I hope that people do. But if you don't, I hope the book won't make you feel really pants about that. I wanted it to be a book where people could learn to edit across their lives, all these different types of things, but also edit them so that their personal to them and it is that real customizable approach which I really hope the book has and um, I hope that's really in the essence of it but also the fact that things change over time like the editing is almost like a threefold thing it's editing your stuff physical and mental editing for you and then also editing over time because I feel like yeah things change routines and methods that I did three years ago don't work for me now. And that's fine. And it's just tweaking things as you go along. So the ultimately, the idea of the book is that ultimately, you can get rid of this mental and physical clutter, so that you have more time in your schedule for things that make you happy. That's sort of the tagline. And I really can't wait to see how people apply it in their lives and the the things that people take away from it.
1: It sounds so, so valuable. And what you describe, like having it all in one place makes so much sense. Because they all impact each other like if if you don't have a good laundry system then your capsule wardrobe won't work and then like the clutter system like you'll have stuff spilling out the laundry basket and so like it all starts to kind of feed into each other
0: exactly yeah I really I tried to structure it so that because I feel like people really just want to get to the deep like the decluttering step that's like the thing right Mm -hmm. now I've come out with her documentary and people just getting rid of stuff left right and center but I feel like it's so much more than that. I really wanted to put an emphasis on your diary and to-do lists and our social lives. Like we're so, we're all so stressed because we're all trying to see a million people and do a million things at the same time. And I wanted people to just take a step back and just like, just do the stuff that makes you happy instead of all the fluff. Let's like get rid of the fluff.
1: It's weird to me that we don't teach any of these skills in school or like in childhood. Nobody teaches you how to be an organized person and just kind of keep your shit together. <laughs> Who taught you?
0: Oh, well, I mean, I am the child of two quite neat people. <laughs> um, my dad only ever writes in purple pen. And my mum is, you know, my mum is just very organized. My mum wakes up in the middle of the night. She has a notepad next to her. And she writes, like, people's Christmas present ideas down on the list, you know? Like, they're very organized people. I, in the acknowledgments, I'm like, thank you so much for you know, making me tidy my room on a Saturday, like, who knew, <laughs> who knew we would end up here, Um, but yeah, yeah I guess, and my, my grandma's pretty tidy as well, we're quite a tidy family, but I don't want this book to just be for, like, the monikers of the world, it's very much for, like, the Rachels and Phoebes as well. <laughs> we need it too. Yeah, and that's the thing, it's not, you know, you don't have to live in a show home. That's, like, not the end goal here. You don't want to look like you live in a show home. That's completely fair enough. It is just, yeah, like you said, actually, if you've got your laundry down, then you've got more clothes to wear when you need them. And it's, it is this real knock-on effect that I hope that people can read the book and be like, oh, yeah, that connects with that and that connects with that. And if I just do that, then I'll have a bit more time to do that. Like, that. that's really what I'm hoping here.
1: It's kind of like removing the friction from life by... Smoothing it all out. Um, you to
0: write the blurb on the back.
1: <laughs> how you mentioned in there that it, it, you don't want it to be a tool that people use to kind of beat themselves up, and yeah. I think there is a lot of that. Like people will write a to-do list and then feel awful that they haven't got through their to-do list. So how do you go about even kind of just in managing your own workload and life balance and everything else? How do you stop yourself from slipping into that?
0: So I don't watch daytime TV, <laughs> like just a rule. I've written that in the book. I'm like, just, just don't watch just daytime don't TV. Don't even turn and... it on. <laughs> try, do not get into that. It's a very unhealthy habit. I've so been there. Done, Jeremy, Kyle. It's not worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, there's a couple of things. I always try and get out the house once a day. Um, I feel like when you're working freelance, you, you need to have that space. You need to have that moment where you're like away you're around other people you're out of the house I find that to be really helpful and then when it comes to actually planning my day I am so analog like I'm just so old school I'm very much my mother's daughter I love a bullet journal I love writing lists on paper (laughs) trying to get into like a digital shopping list it's very alien to me um so yeah I really enjoy I enjoy writing lists but I've learned over the last couple of years we're terrible at making lists as humans. We make them really unrealistic and really, really long. Um, so probably like one of my biggest takeaways from the book is the three things a day rule, where you just set yourself three things to do a day. If, you're set, if you are set yourself three things to do a day, you can pretty much bet that you're going to do them. It yes. It really comes into like morning, afternoon, late afternoon. And it just, we, we just, we're overwhelming ourselves with too much stuff. So I really try and strip stuff back. And I write a whole week's to do list on like one A five page. Um, and I find that really helps. And sometimes sometimes I don't get to the end, you know. I'm only human, that's fine. Um, but most of the time I do I'm just not overloading. I'm kind of I'm just trying to be more realistic with my planning, basically.
1: Yeah, I guess it's then kind of knowing what you actually can do and then having the self compassion for when it doesn't happen to be like, okay, that's fine as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I I I really try not to beat myself up about it. And I think it's really tricky when you're working from home as well. Some people, um, my husband is doing a master's at the moment, and there's these amazing tools you get online where you can time yourself for how long you spend on a task. Yes. Genius. I was like, maybe I'll start doing that. Because sometimes you get to the end of a day and you're like, I've done nothing. But you haven't. You've actually done loads.
1: I have one on my computer. It's called Rescue Time. It's just on my Mac and yeah, it's so satisfying because it emails me at the end of each week and says, you've done this many hours of like design and composition or writing. It's always more than I think.
0: Oh my God, that's amazing. What was it called again?
1: Uh, Rescue Time. I think there is an um, iPhone app as well, but I don't have it on there because I don't want to know what I'm doing on my phone. We don't want to know how long
0: we're spending on our phone. (laughs) See, it's things like that. It's finding these apps and these methods and these tools that just work for you and some people will be like why why are you doing that it's so silly like why do you need to know but if for you that makes you feel good at the end of the week and you're like oh great i've done this amount of stuff and that's a good feeling for you then then do it i think that sounds amazing
1: i've really had to come to terms as well with the kind of like i guess reframing how i think of busy and so that that thing about three things in a day the first time someone said that to me i was really like violently opposed to it because it sounded like not enough like lazy yeah yeah lazy which is such a judgmental word to put on anyone especially yourself
0: I know I, I've so been there as well yeah I think we, we're just ultimately we're just too hard on our, ourselves and I think both your book and mine are, are really like just telling people like it's okay yes. <laughs> stop being so rude to ourselves Like stop talking to ourselves that like we would never talk to anybody else it's just outrageous and I think especially this year I mean I know when we're recording this we're not that many days into the new year but I have even this like this year the nine days that we've had I've just tried to be a bit like I've got to the end of the day and been like yeah it's been a really good day well well done let's like give ourselves a pat on the back a bit more
1: oh my gosh yeah I've been working on something really similar in fact I think I've put a podcast out already where I talked about that like just being able to kind of appreciate what you've done and appreciate achievements because again I don't think that's something we practice very much like in the school system and growing up and like I have a little girl so I really want her to see that I know when I've done a good job and I'm able to kind of appreciate that
0: yeah and vocalize it as well we we're always we're always downplay things oh no I'm fine I mean I know I do it with my group of friends big time how are you oh I'm fine yeah nothing's really going on and I'm like okay, okay wait a minute I'm publishing my best. Right <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Like nothing's going on. Like, what am I talking about? Like, why are we so scared to just say, like, yeah, actually, I had a really big week and it's really exciting. So I'm, I'm working on it. I mean, we're nine days in. We'll we'll, we'll see how this goes. Keep us posted, please. Yeah, I will. How do you balance that kind of um,
1: real life versus online life divide and what you share? That's always a question that people come up with, isn't it? Is like, how much is too much to share? And that feeling that your viewers probably get where they feel like they know everything about your life versus all of the stuff that you actually keep for yourself.
0: Yeah, so I I have that as well with, with other people that I follow online because I'm a huge consumer of YouTube videos and blogs. So when people say, like, I feel like I know everything about you, I'm like, yeah, I get it because I feel like I know everything about these people that I also follow online. I think for me it's a very... It's just a very easy distinction. Um, and it's going to be different for everyone. A lot of people I talk to are like, I would never share my kids online. And then other people are like, I, I vlog my kids every day online. Like everyone is so different. And even between like me and one of my best friends, Lily, she also has a blog. We're very different in what we share. And I think ultimately it comes down to what you can handle feedback on. Um, there's some things which I can handle feedback on. And I, I just, you know, well, I don't know what the right I don't know what the right way to phrase this is, but ultimately, like I can get feedback on my appearance, or my work, or my writing, or a photo I've taken, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I can take that. It's not going to send me into some kind of downward spiral. But if someone commented on my mum, or my dad, or my relationship with my family, or my relationship with my sister, I I don't know, like that to me, I don't, I wouldn't really want that feedback. I don't really want to hear that. So I feel like people share what they can take comments on and what they can take feedback on. So for me, I'm like completely fair game. My husband, Mark, is really supportive and he actually quite likes being in videos, bless him. People are always asking for (laughs) So he's happy to be in stuff as well. But we don't actually share that much of our kind of day-to-day life and I don't really share my family like very rarely I will show my family I put a video up of my parents um with me in waterstones the other day because they went to go watch me sign some books amazing and it was really cute but then everyone was like oh my god Anna you're like so you look so much like your dad <laughs> <laughs> like, oh guys <laughs> girl everyone wants to hear that they look like that. dad <laughs> yeah, what a compliment I've never had anyone put it the way you just
1: did then like, it's really interesting
0: oh really
1: yeah, you framed it. And it's so true. It rings so true. Like, I'm sure people who listen to this podcast a lot have heard me say this so many times. But I have a system where sometimes I'll write a blog post, for example, but won't put it out because I'm I'm not ready to hear what people think. I'm not ready to take feedback on it. Yeah. And then a bit down the line, I'm like, oh, actually, now your opinions won't affect how I feel about it. So I'm safe to put it out.
0: I think also it's sometimes when you've had that moment and you've come to terms with like how you feel about that moment so whatever anyone says at a later point no longer affects you in the same way I had it with our wedding day actually I just didn't really we had a bit of a strange wedding day you know it was quite small and we literally just had our parents there and grandparents and siblings and then lots of friends um I didn't I just didn't want to hear I just didn't want to hear it from people I didn't want to hear like well, aren't your aunties and uncles upset? And what about your cousins? And why aren't you having a bigger wedding? And why aren't you doing this? And why is your dress like that? Like, I, I just didn't want to hear it. So I literally kept it a secret until we got married, which is quite funny when someone saw me get married and emailed me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just seen you get married. <laughs> Congratulations. It was really sweet and lovely. Um, but it wasn't until afterwards I felt comfortable. I was like, we had the best day. I'm so happy with how we, did it I have no regrets and I'm happy to answer people's questions on that now so I think you're so right sometimes you have to be out of that moment you have to kind of have passed, and then then you're able to put it out into the world
1: it's kind of all about boundaries in the end which I feel like is my life is devoted to understanding boundaries and putting them in place
0: big time big time I'm a real like I said I'm a real like gut gut kind of instinct kind of person so sometimes I'm just like Mm-mm, no this is this is not for online this is offline only. And
1: do you think you've got better at that over time or have you always had a really good strong sense of it?
0: Um, Of my gut instinct? Yeah pretty... have
1: you got instincts in general?
0: Oh oh I've never been asked that before. I I don't know. I can't really remember. I'm not sure my memories of <laughs> <laughs> my early decisions. Because I think we're born with it,
1: definitely. But a lot of the time we like tune out of it in childhood.
0: Yeah, I think I probably asked and cared about other people's opinions more in the past. And um, I feel like I'm at a place now where I no longer need to call every single person in my phone book, um, when I'm thinking about quitting my job, mm-hmm. not my job now I love my job, but I remember back when I was thinking about, you know, Oh, should I go full time or not at all? I would speak to anyone who would speak to me. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. I'd literally sit in the park and I'd be like, okay, let's go for my next uni housemate. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I don't, I don't do that as much anymore. I'm much more, I know myself a bit more, I'm a bit more within myself. I trust myself to make the right decision. And also you get a bit older and you just realize that even if you make the wrong decision, it's really not the end of the world. Like we all have regrets we've all, you know, said yes to jobs you probably shouldn't have or posted a photo that afterwards we're like, oh, that's weird. Why did we do that? And yeah, the world keeps turning. It's completely fine. And so, yeah, I feel like I've definitely learned from those moments. And I, I definitely trust myself more now.
1: Okay, so I have one final question before we wrap this up. Oh, is there any single area of your life? that is completely disorganized like monica's cupboard <laughs> Like a cupboard.
0: <laughs> oh my god okay let me think let me think um that's so funny also when you said this was our final question i went oh <laughs> well let's just keep talking all day i would love to um i actually the bottom row i've got these apothecary drawers and the bottom row of the apothecary drawers have either photography equipment in um, also mix in with some stationery. And for some reason, stationery is just my weak spot. Like, I, I actually now don't go into stationery shops. It's <laughs> you know, these cute little shops that sell, like, adorable notepads. I, there's a really nice one in Brighton, and I haven't gone in it because I just cannot bear to go in and leave empty-handed. So there is a stationery drawer. I don't want to talk about it. Um, it's <laughs> We're pretty never going to post it on Instagram. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> You need a small child to buy for because now I get to buy all or all the little notebooks, and she gets through them in like a day. So then I can buy more.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, of course. Like that's that's totally thing you like pass on to your kids as well. Like what kid doesn't like? stationery
1: absolutely well an organization like it's so funny I went into all this, um school the other day and they have this thing where they put all their slippers that they wear inside in a big circle when they finished and all of the slippers were lined up super neatly and beautifully except for my kids <laughs> 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 these were just like flung to one side and I was like shit that's me that's what I do I get in the hall and I just like kick my shoes off and my husband's always having a go at me about it
0: So I obviously need your book before it's too late for (laughs) Ola. Oh, bless. That is so cute. Oh my God. They have slippers at school. That is adorable. It
1: is adorable. And I kind of found that the fact that she was a tiny me adorable, but hearing you say like your family was organized and it's passed on to you. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, I need to crack down on this. (laughs) Oh, bless her. Um,
0: and what's next for you? Obviously the book is out. Is there an audio book as well? There isn't an audiobook there is a Kindle edition um, we decided against the audiobook I would have loved to have done that although I would have got so bored of the sound of my own voice recording it and my voice gets so scratchy as well like by the end people would be tuning out like <laughs> oh, this is just vile to listen to and we didn't do the audiobook because there's just so many charts and graphs oh, and lists yeah. um it would this basically one on every single page it would have been quite tricky to incorporate those um but after the book so I'm doing quite an extensive book tour that basically goes into March, um, which is kind of crazy. I just said yes to anyone who wanted to do an event with me. I was just like, yeah, sure. Why why not? This is going to be probably like once in a lifetime. So let's go for it. And I spend so much time at my desk. um, So I thought it'd be fun to kind of go out on the road. My dad wants a fleece jumper made that says tour manager on the back <laughs> And yeah, he, he's like yes. well when am I gonna come I'm like oh bless you um and so after that I think we're doing a little bit of traveling I'm going to take a little bit of time out not a crazy length of time maybe just like a month um just trying to get some holidays in me and my husband are currently childless so we're trying to get like the childless travel in, like really far away whilst we can and, yeah, and we enjoy your freedom yeah, yeah this is what everyone every now and again I get messages from people and they're like if you are wondering about having kids you know <laughs> do, do you traveling now it is so, possible with kids I would say I think it is but it's just different yeah so possible but different so we're doing some hopefully some traveling my sister's moved to the other side of the world so I think I might go and have a little sister vacation with her which would be really fun so taking a bit of a step back probably mid-year and then I would love to get into podcasting again um my friend Lily and I, we have a podcast at home with and we love it. Um, but I'm sure, as you know, trying to find guests for your podcast is is a whole a whole new
1: level of hell. And then scheduling your time and their time and, and with the two of you as an extra step.
0: Scheduling two people's diaries with somebody else's diary, with a sound engineer's diary um, and then also having to travel to their home. Cause we <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, so I think we'll be looking at formats that maybe don't include as much scheduling and logistics. Um, but I would love to do another podcast with Lily. I really enjoy podcasting. I love the format. I listen to podcasts all the time. So maybe towards the end of the year, there'll be something a bit different from us. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I feel like I'm definitely going to get need to get my teeth stuck into a new, a new project once the book tour has, has calmed down a bit. I can't wait.
1: And I feel like there's going to be a second book. I just f- I have that sense for you.
0: You know what, though? Everyone keeps asking me, and I'm like, I, I feel like I actually put, ev- I mean, it's 80,000 words. I feel like I put every single word to do with <laughs> I don't know, maybe a workbook. I mean, I would I would love to. I look back on the writing process now with complete rose tinted glasses because obviously it was a while a while back now. Um and yeah, I've definitely romanticised it in my head. So I would definitely be up for it. I just need to think of an idea first.
1: <laughs> I guess it's that th- it's that thing, you know, you said you're gonna go and travel and kind of live life because that's where all of our content comes from to begin with is actually doing it. You didn't get into organization because you wanted to write a book about it. You just were naturally into organization. So wherever your interest takes you next and you kind of let it follow might turn into the next podcast or the next book or whatever else.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've, I've really learned that. I've learned you have to kind of let like life flow and have spirit, have experiences and do things you can't just sit at your desk every single day. It's so hard to squeeze out creative juice when your sponge is is dry. You know you have to yeah. kind of you have to have something to squeeze out. So yeah, I feel like it. I I've had quite a crazy like you know Christmas. I was I was working because of you know the books coming out and I wanted to try and get ahead. So I sort of haven't had a break. Yeah, maybe for about a year. So I think I think I. After about 18 months, it's going to be time to take my foot off the pedal a bit and just see, see where that takes me.
1: So, Anna, where can people find you online and find your book if they want to hear more?
0: So they can find my book at all good bookstores. It's called An Edited Life, and you can find my blog at the AnnaEdit.com and then all like my YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, it's all at The AnnaEdit.
1: And I'll obviously link to all of those things and to your book in the show notes. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you
1: so much. Show notes for this week's episode are at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 62. And you'll find links to Anna's book and everything she's mentioned in this week's chat right there. Also, I just I'm not sure if I've mentioned it because I am really casual about it. But I happen to have written a book of my own. It's called Hashtag Authentic, just like this podcast. And it is available to pre-order up until the 21st of February when it will be out there in the world. You might have picked up from my conversation with Anna that I am a little bit nervous about it going out there, but I'm also really excited. And what I'm doing to kind of allay my fears is actually getting my book out, rereading what I wrote and reminding myself that this is the book I really wished I'd had a year or two ago. It's kind of a handbook for anyone who is using Instagram or the internet in general to grow an audience and to build something with meaning. And it grapples with questions about how to create content that people engage with, how to take the kind of images that reflect the stories you want to tell, how to craft brilliant captions, and how to bring all of that together without feeling like you've compromised on who you are or had to sell yourself out. I really hope that it's going to make it to the hands of the people who will love it and use it. And if that sounds like you, you can go and pre-order it. Anywhere where you normally buy your books, just type in hashtag authentic and it should pop up. You can go to your local independent bookseller and show them the ISBN and they can order it for you. And no matter where you pre-order it, Head to my website afterwards, meandola.co.uk, or the show notes from this week's episode. You'll find a link where you can type in all your details so that I can send you a very special thank you gift, just as a bit of a token of my gratitude for having faith in me and placing a pre-order. Thank you so much for listening, especially to me wittering on about this book every week. I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you, and hopefully also some details about a little bit of a book tour and some live podcast recordings that you might be able to come along to.
0: I hope you have a wonderful week.